ready for this? Howdy, folks, let's gather around for the best sports talk in town. We got our hosts, Darren, Tim, and Chris. Baby, it can't get better than this. Give out all the power rankings. Laugh at all the teams tanking. A lot of fun, a lot of surprise. Let's give it up for the guys in this league. Yeehaw, indeed, and a nice word to your mother on this beautiful Wednesday evening as we record episode 76 of the This League Fantasy Football Podcast. Welcome in. Thank you for listening. As always, it is the evening of December 6th, 2023. No Aaron this week. He is tied up in a bunch of personal important stuff like studying for an accounting exam and you know, like probably spending time with his wife. Things like that, yeah. Loser. <laughs> Priorities, man. Priorities. <clears throat> but it's okay, because you got two of the usual crew that can absolutely carry it on our shoulders. I am your host, Chris Mitchum, manager of Team Fairlife, with my best friend, especially for the next hour and a half or so, Tim no. Raider, manager of the Playoff Bound. Close, but no Jamar. Let's go. How's it doing, everybody? How's it down? How's it doing? Playoffs coming soon. Man, I mean, where does the time go? Dude, I know. <laughs> we just wrapped 14? up week 13, man. Jeez. Week 13. One more week of having the play gloves on, having until the gloves come off, and it's mm. playoff time. Mm. One I can't wait to be more week. And for all you listening out there, I'm sure you are in the same exact predicament. This is the last week, guys. Get the lineups right. Now going forward. Is the fight of your lives, man. And hey, if you started one and six like Tim did and you made it to this point, man, what a what a ride it's been. It's been fun. Fun yeah. year. If you have been consistently excellent like I have been, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh as somebody who didn't even start basically two positions last week, consistently excellent is not in the cards. We have a good show for you. Like I said, we are going to review a dynamic week thirteen that had many people's playoff lives on the line and then we have a this league guarantee coming your way as always and we have a special segment for you we are doing one question we are interviewing people that aren't here and what i mean by that is (laughs) we are sitting down figuratively with the four teams that have not made the playoffs that failed to make the playoffs and asking them the one question, you know, what is your team looking like going forward? Are you ready to be competitive? How long is the rebuild? We got one question for all four of those guys that uh, we will try our best to answer and give you. I was going to say, we'll put words in their mouths. We, we got sure the answers for them, too. We sure Rhetorical. will. Absolutely. And then, of course, a week 14 preview, which we will certainly buzz through because, as you will learn here later in the show, not much going on unless you want to talk about some seeding. As always, www.thisleaguepod.com is where you can go to see scores, see waiver transactions, trades, not anymore. But all that good stuff on the website, as always. Um, this League underscore pod on Twitter and Instagram. Drinks of the week, Tim, what are we sipping on over there? Oh, you know, we're going with another you know, Indiana brewery, some taxman deduction. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, Coming up on the end of the year, get your uh, charitable contributions in, get your taxes all lined up for come April. Ew. Uh, Belgian-style double ale. It's delicious. It's cold outside. Let's have some dark beer. For those of you not from the Indianapolis area, the Taxman Brewing Company is literally is known for making beers that will like knock you on your ass. Like just <laughs> You drink two, and it's like, okay, yeah. I'm good. This guy's eight percent. Exactly. And it tastes like you know, tastes no more than like a three percent beer. And they're delicious. That's what they're yes. known for. So good. I'm over here drinking um, crack, and what I mean by that is a Coca-Cola from McDonald's. Man, late night. Yay. Didn't have didn't have time for dinner, so I swung by the old Golden Arches, and I picked up a Coke. I don't even drink soda that much anymore, but God, <laughs> from the heavens, nectar from the gods, man. Tim, let's go. Actually, before we get into that, uh, actual football next week: Colts versus Bengals, baby. Yes, sir. How about an actual, like, real playoff applicating, like, kind of thing? Shout out to the boys. Got a matchup, a real game. Man. This is a game. 
I mean, we, we talked about it in the offseason. Everybody going to it, it's going to be Anthony Richardson by then versus Joe Burrow. You know, you guys were going to be hoping to have a couple of wins in your pocket. And I was going to be Super Bowl hopes. And here we are, man. And here we are, both mediocre, hoping to get into the wild card. <laughs> yeah, hey, just get in and anything can happen, I guess. That's, that's the motto. Case Keenum made it to an NFC championship once, you know. Nick Foles won the Super Bowl. Right, yeah, you're right. Gardner Minshew, man. He's already got that Eagles magic in him. He's already got it. Never say never. We're grinding, baby. Shane Steichen, Coach of the Year. Make it happen, NFL. He deserves it. Let's get on to the Week 13 review. A quick reminder for you, in case you missed last week. Heading into Week 13, the week before the last week before the playoffs, We had some implications going in. The big one being Tim and Steven were the only two teams left deciding their playoff hopes. Either everybody else is already out or everybody else already clinched. All Tim needed to do was win, and he was in. Tim wins, he's in. Or if Steven loses, Tim is in and Steven is out. We also had a couple more storylines heading in. If Stretch were to win... Um, and Aaron were to lose, he would clinch the number one seed. And uh, if Aaron were to win or Anthony were to lose, Aaron had the other bye virtually locked up, so that number two seed locked up. So still just about everybody was playing for something, and we will hold off on those pivotal results until closer to the end of the review. We will start with the only matchup where nobody was really playing for anything. And that really showed with the construction of the rosters. It was your boy, Team Fairlife, and Chris coming into this one at 7-5, and five, taking on Clayton um, in the Red Rocket coming into this one at 1-11. and 11. We don't have to spend a lot of time here because um, uh, I was basically playing with two empty slots, Tim. <laughs> no defense um, and virtually no tight end because I picked up Kate Otten at the last minute and he got a nice fat zero for the boys. Yes, sir. But this is what champions do, Tim. I still come out on top, 116 to 102, and I will no way say this is any of my doing because I also had to start Derek Carr. I also had to start Najee Harris because the rest of my team was on by, and they got me a nice nine points between the two of them, or they both scored nine points. It was Alvin Kamara. It was Michael Pittman. It was Kyron Williams that carried me to that 116 But let's be honest, it was really Clayton that lost this matchup. Two points from Tyler Algier. Devin Singletary came crashing back down to earth Mm -hmm. from that recent run he was on, finishing with a nice five points. Drake London had a game that he's susceptible to have in one catch for eight yards. But one little bright spot for Clayton. Man, Nico Collins. And, of course, that uh, probably has to come with a little asterisk that rest in peace, Tank Dell. Get Mm -hmm. that femur healed up, big guy. Um, I'm sure... Uh, Hayden doesn't like hearing that, but uh, I will say if Nico Collins is on any playoff team's squad heading into the playoffs, he would be terrifying. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. You would not want to play against nine catches, 191 yards and a touchdown. Now the undisputed number one with a CJ Stroud led offense. You love to see that despite, you know, having what three, five, eight people on by, (laughs) I still manage to squeak by Clayton, move to eight and five. Clayton falls to one and twelve. Any last thoughts on here, Tim, before we move on? No, I kind of played out in a way you can see it. I mean, Clayton's got, you know, Nico Collins and Trey McBride going off. You wouldn't want to see Trey McBride on a playoff well. team. But uh luckily he's not a playoff team. <laughs> yes, luckily indeed. All right, let's move on to the next matchup. It was your matchup to watch, and honestly. Uh, one could argue this was probably your game of the week when it comes to being close and also a lot of points scored. It was Hayden and Tua Infinity and Bijan coming into this one at 7-5, and five, taking on Anthony and Team Uninspired Youth, where it seems like just yesterday my boy was 8-0. 8-0. Then I beat him. He's coming into this one at 9-3. and three. Kind of reeling a little bit. Hayden looking to take advantage as a reminder. If Anthony loses, he can virtually kiss that number one seed, or excuse me, the number two seed, or a bye away, and Hayden mm-hmm. is fighting for improved playoff seeding. 
And you had this one. I mean, points galore. It started out it was fun uh, Thursday night. You have uh, Lamar Jackson on by for Anthony. And so we we thrust Geno Smith into the starting lineup. How about it? Against the Dallas Cowboys at Dallas. Vaunted defense. Come on. Puts up 36 points. Hayden's got to be like, uh, Are I you serious? I had a shot. <laughs> And right off the bat, you're like, well, now I also have to play Christian McCaffrey, Rashad White, who I just traded for him. You know, you still got uh, Travis Kelsey in there, your normal Joe Mixon, Ramondres are there. Hayden's just staring that down, being like, well, it was fun. <laughs> yeah, right. And then you get a taste of Tractor Cito. Come on. Two touchdowns before he goes out with injury, 25 points. Debo Samuel, 36 points, oh. answering right back to Geno Smith. That's right. On four catches. What? Tua with a respectable 23. And then the ever, I mean, tight end, top tight end, if Aaron were here. I, I mean, say. maybe tight end one in Dynasty. Jake Ferguson, also, 19 points. Is this why Travis Aaron's actually team. absent? Is this why Aaron's absent for this moment right here? Jake yeah, Ferguson absolutely. Finishes. You could not, could not pay the piper, could not come and speak to it. Jake Ferguson uh, finishes as the tight end four, and he's like, I can't, I can't face yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, just, just not happening. So we go into Monday night football. I'm doing some quick math here. Uh, about 143 to 118. Hayden's up. He's got a lot of points, and you know, looking like he's going to take a take a nice win over Anthony. But, man, he made him sweat it out. Anthony made him sweat it out. Joe Mixon, mm. two touchdowns on the ground, six catches, gets 30 points. However, Travis Etienne gets 17 for Hayden to help him pull put this away. Uh, final score, 161 to 148. Hayden improves to 8-5. and five. And Anthony falls to 9-4. and four. Oh, Anthony's last... Five games. He's won one in his last it's five. Tough. tough. And the, I will say, um, I was looking at the points against recently. Um, not trying to brag, but I've pulled out to a very respectable lead. But Anthony has come out of nowhere. Yeah. His last five games. Here is the total of points scored against him. 147 from you, Tim. 126 against Steven. He won that one in week 10. But his last three games, 146 from Aaron. 186 from your boy and 161 from Hayden last week. Like I, I feel like luck is kind of starting to turn on Anthony a little bit because I'm looking at some of those earlier results. I see a 97 against him, an 89 against him, a 92, a 110. Like must be nice. Yeah, a lot of folks were kind of crapping the bed <laughs> against him. So I think Anthony's gonna hope that maybe that tide can turn the other direction prior right. to playoff time. But as for Hayden. Very impressive W, I thought. Absolutely. I know. I remember last week we mentioned, you know, is he the guy you want to play? Not a lot of people talking about him. But here comes Debo, Tractor Cito, Travis Etienne. And really, he had some disappointing performances from the Gibbs and Bijan Robinsons. And he still puts up 161. So mm -hmm. I would say maybe the most impressive team on the week, besides you, Tim, who's been doing this the past six weeks. <laughs> but, yeah, I try. Uh, I yeah. try I would give I would give Hayden certainly the most impressive performance of the week award. He moves to eight and five. Anthony falls to nine and four and just about kisses that by chance of a bye um, away, unfortunately for yep. him. We'll move on to the next matchup. It was Aaron and Let Russ Microwave coming into this one at nine and three, taking on Zach and Brees Lightning at two and ten. Aaron puts up a nice whopping 109 points. Woo! Woo! But he played Zach, so that's enough. Yay! <laughs> Your final score there, Aaron, 109 to Zach's 83 points. My goodness gracious. I feel like I have no stats to back this up. Is this like the second time this year Aaron's gotten away with this? He's put up like 110 and 1, 111, something like that. You need a quick fact check. Yeah, you Keep can do a quick fact check. But as I do that, 
almost, you, one could argue, a third of his points coming from Dak Prescott on that Thursday night shootout that we just mentioned, Dak and Geno dueling down in Dallas. You have a fact check for me? Fact check week four, Aaron versus Zach. Aaron wins 97 to oh 94. Oh, my God. Boo, you stink! 97 to 94. Just taking advantage and just pooping the bed against Zach. But it doesn't matter. Gosh. that's <laughs> Zach's in the Kadoba division, right? Yeah. Man, he lucked out being that he's he's the one that you mm-hmm. get twice in a year. Oh. Um, Zach is not here, or sorry, Aaron's not here, but it has to be mentioned. I think he was at an eight with Austin Eckler last week. Another game. Yeah. (laughs) Got it. Got to be 14 carries for 18 yards, two catches, four points. That is trouble. That is trouble. I mean, I guess you could say some hope is on the horizon. You get Denver. You get the Raiders. You get the Bills. You get the Broncos. Like, I don't think you bench Eckler going forward, right? Can you? I don't think you can. Because I feel like I'm kind of running into this thing with Cooper Cup a little bit. It's like, you know, are you going to bench Cooper Cup for a guy who could be productive? Or are you just going to rely on the consistent excellence that that guy has done? That's something right. Aaron's going to have to wrestle with. I don't know, because I could see it going both ways. But, like, nothing will make you want to kick your face in more than, you know, an Eckler going for 25 on your bench, 30 on your bench, or something like that. But Eckler's not the only guy that gets to escape criticism. Tyler Lockett with a nice dropped pass on Thursday Night Football that just mm-hmm. hit his helmet. He seems to be on the decline, personally. Um, Juwan Johnson was a tight end streaming sweetheart, I would say, of the entire fantasy community heading into last week. He gives you a nice goose egg. And then with um, seven people on by, as Aaron did, he had to turn to Greg Dortch, who gave him one catch for 19 yards. Just a very disappointing performance for Let Rest Microwave. But not to be upstaged is Brees Lightning and Zach. Four points from Josh Downs, three points from David. I swear he's a tight end one in Joku from Zach here, and Brian Robinson uh, going out early with that injury. Uh, the young pieces that probably Zach is more focused on these days in, you know, Rashi Rice, um, Javante, Brees Hall, they all did fine, assuming for their situations, especially with the Brees Hall, I would say. 13 carries for 16 yards is not something you like to see, but six catches certainly is. And then I would say probably a floor game from C.J. Stroud at this point. Um, with only one touchdown toss. So really not very impressive for either team here. Even looking at the bench, I mean, there's nothing that would have been like, oh, you would have liked to start that guy kind of thing going forward. So I think for Aaron, I I think for Zach, it's a lot easier just to toss this one away. All right, whatever, on to the loser's bracket. For Aaron, I think it's a lot harder to do. Because, you know, whenever you start going up against the Tims and the Haydens, you saw what he just did, or you know what Anthony's capable of, uh, 109 is certainly not going to get it done. But anyway, he moves into a very strong position to clinch a bye, so he'll be able to move those issues down one week farther, while Zach falls to 2-11. and Anything else to add here, Tim? No, nothing else to add on this one. All right, well, let's move on to the next game. It was Steven and Mount Passmore coming into 5-7, and seven, taking on Stretch and Walker, I hardly know her, at 11-2. and two. As a reminder, coming into this one, Steven needed to win to keep his playoff hopes alive, and Stretch needed to win to put one hand on that number one overall seed heading into the playoffs. Jeez, and talk about a hot start. Thursday night, DK Metcalf. Oh, Six yeah. 34, three touchdowns. You're watching that one. 38 points. And you know I started sweating. Yes. As soon, <laughs> as, soon as, as Steven puts up 38, I'm just like, oh, gosh, it's happening again. It's going to happen again. And my guy's like, I barely even started. Um, I mean, hot, hot start for Steven. And then you scroll up to the running backs, and you got Samaje Pirine putting up uh. two points. A.J. Dillon had a solid 9.7. Dud out of Justin Herbert, 7.9 points. Real quick, can you imagine, like, two years ago, maybe even three years ago, when A.J. Dillon was all the hotness, 
And I told you, yeah. dude, in 2023, A.J. Dillon's going to get 18 carries in a game. I would have given three firsts for that, man. <laughs> yep. Is he just yeah. not very good? Yeah, I mean, it's the Packers jersey doesn't help, but a little bit of Eddie Lacy looking on there. Yeah. He's a big guy, you know, not very explosive. And, and if you, smaller explosive backs is what the NFL is, what's, what's feasting in the NFL these days. So. Sure. Yeah, little Brandon Jacobs in him, you know, goal line guy. So yeah, I like that. Look here at Blunt. Yeah, yeah, not a ton of not a ton of uh, points elsewhere. Um, and then on Stretch's side, you have Thursday night Zach Charbonnet getting his first touchdown, his first NFL touchdown with Ken Walker out of the game. Congratulations! Yeah. It only took yeah. like sixty carries. Right. <laughs> at two yards a carry. Yes. <laughs> you get touchdowns out of Mike Evans and Devonta Smith for 29 and 24 points, respectively. Nice. Tons of points. And then you have Mr. Go Go Gadget, get him, Taysom Hill, also with a touchdown. 15.4 points in the tight end spot. Stretch is sitting at a solid 120.9 points. Steven, after that hot start with DK Metcalf, is sitting around about uh let's see quick math quick math 90 points yeah so he, he's he's down about 30 points going into Monday night football Evan Ingram and Christian Kirk still to play you're saying there's a chance what could have been dude 30s not awful first play of the game oh. Christian Kirk goes down with 26 yard catch and something in the in the the abdominal that he's now getting surgery for. That stunk. Finishes the game with 3.6 points. And he was well on his way to just tearing my bangles apart. Like, he yeah. looked unguardable on that, on, the, on that one round. But, I mean, just what he does. Evan Ingram gets his first touchdown of the year. Mm, nine catches. Good Nine God. catches. 23.2 points. And between the two of them, 26.8 is not enough. Oh. Even's playoff hopes dead. Loses this one 120 to 116. Stretching his voodoo magic. Hits again. Strike again as he goes to 11 and 2. What? Scoring 120 what? points? Are you serious? Where? What? 11 he's the number 1 seed. He's got a he's got a game lead with 1 week to go. I mean, he he's loving the fact that he was able to pull this out. I mean, how do we reverse this? Do we just have to stop talking about him the way we do? Do we just have to be like, "Yep, we totally expected this." Like, I don't, I don't know how to reverse this, and I don't want to know it again. <laughs> uh, I think going forward for the rest of eternity, stretches my number one in the power rankings. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's just he, nice. the targets on his back. Nice. Yeah, don't give his team anything to feed off of. I like that. Right. I like that notion of thinking. Uh, Steven falls to five and eight, stretched to ten or eleven and two. Excuse me, which means, and I will say, Steven did not find out his fate until Monday night. Mm -hmm. Which means, depending on how Tim and Don were doing in our final game of Week Thirteen, and you know what, Tim, I'll I'll even give you the hard knocks music for this one, man, because we knew coming in. Tim, this was a different team. This is not your mama's close, but no Jamar. Isn't that Absolutely. right, Tim? That's right. You know it. He's coming in as a big favorite over Don and Team Don Perignon at four and nine. Tim coming into this one at six and six. And ladies and gentlemen, how about a Thursday night explosion from CD Lamb that's starting to become just the normal, ladies and gentlemen. Just yes, the norm. How about another 12 catches 116 yards and a tutty on thursday night football set tim up nicely going into the sunday rounds when quite frankly those early games kicked off well i would say you know what you probably really didn't know you were in the driver's seat till what the afternoon games i would say because jalen warren was an early game zach yeah. moss was an early game and they were both like Six points, yeah. seven points, but then here comes the stack, baby. Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, A.J. Brown with eight catches, 114 yards. Jalen Hurts with 24. 
Sam Laporta gave you some life in those early games Sam with Laporta, I love you. Nine points. Sam Laporta, the tight end three on the year, ladies and gentlemen. Tight end one on the week. He did it again. But like I said, those afternoon games and the evening games, Tim did not look back. Isaiah Pacheco balling on Sunday night football. 18 carries, 110 yards, one touchdown, one punch that got him ejected from the game. <laughs> I never oh, understood man. that. Why are we punching helmets? He what looks are we doing? so good all night long, and then all of a sudden he gets pancaked on a block, and instead of you know, give the Andrew Luck, like, great block, man, tap him on the shoulder, be like, that was awesome. He's like, I'm going to hit you. Uh. <laughs> I'm going to hit you. What? what are we doing? And I will say, I think – actually, let me go through Don's team real quick. Yeah. 37 points from Brock Purdy. You Oof. see that? And yeah. it's like, good Lord, I think that he has a chance to win any week. 37 from somebody who doesn't even run with the football. Quick game, Tim. Do you know what ranking Brock Purdy is quarterback on the year? Oh, man. I know he's the MVP favorite now, uh, betting odds. I'm, I'm going to say top 10, like like 8, 9, or 10. He is quarterback 7 on the year. Okay. Broccolis Purdy. Broccoli Purdy. Broccoli Purdy. Brock just sounds like a short name for something. (laughs) Broccoli Purdy is the tight end seven. So, obviously, Don has a shot, right? Tim had a great week, 188 points. Don has a Uh shot. 37 from Brock Purdy. He even got 17 from Tony Pollard on Thursday night football. Uh, How about two goose eggs for the boy? That helps a lot. Terry McLaurin. Against Miami, which, granted, Xavier Howard, Jalen Ramsey, good lord. But he got goosed, baby. Zero catches on three targets. And then you also look at Hollywood Brown, Kyler Murray's best friend, right? I thought. Marquise. Zero catches on three targets as well. And then just add insults to the jury. How about a little negative two from a Jaguars go. defense going up against freaking Let's go. what's his Jake face? Browning. Jake Browning. <laughs> Jake the Snake. Couldn't even remember his name. And the worst part about Don is he didn't even really have anybody on by. That's his squad. That's who he's rolling with these days. One hundred points obviously is not enough to beat an explosion from Tim. One hundred and eighty-eight points. Tim marches into the playoffs sprints into the playoffs yeah clinched it and i think the most disappointing result not only for playoff teams or i would say for playoff teams for everybody else in the league is 31 points from jamar chase thank you very much i was looking at your team tim and saying yeah cd lamb aj brown they're ridiculous but like you're leaning on jalen warren Jamar Chase without Joe Burrow. Like, you got some holes here, you know? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, 11 catches, 12 targets, 149 yards. I'm like, dear God, no. This is supposed to be his weakness. <laughs> this was, this isn't this, supposed to happen. His stat line started three catches for three yards. Yeah, that's fine. That's I, I, like, thought it was good. I thought it was going to be a nice, like, Four for 20 game for Jamar Chase. That's a Michael Pittman game right there. <laughs> and then gets that 76-yard touchdown. The, like, that's, that's vintage rookie year. Jamar Chase just bombs. And Jake Browning looks good. Gosh. Looks good. I, I really hated to see that as somebody in the playoffs. I really hated to and see And Jacksonville that. is, like, probably considered a top-10 defense, too. It's not like we did this against the Commanders or something. Like, it was, you know, Jacksonville's playing for the one seed. Probably, and uh, I will say, I think I think Jalen Warren's still the hole. If Aaron Jones and Jonathan Taylor as well, Jonathan Taylor's injury just really stinks at this point yep. of the season. But even if Aaron Jones can come back and kind of give you some performances, you know he can whenever he's healthy. I think your team is certainly looking up. But even without all of them, you score 188 points. You run into the playoffs. You're dominating. You are 6-1 and one in your last seven, Timothy and Thanks. you are playoff bound, sir. How's it feel? It feels great. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I was in a cold sweat all day just knowing the way my team, what my team does. So it feels great to be in officially. Um, can't wait to see what the team can do. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is your week 13 review. The big storyline after that week is the playoff teams are set. Congratulations to Stretch, Anthony, your boy, Aaron, Tim, and Hayden, the six individuals in this league that will be competing for the nut come not next week, but the week after. Hope everybody's feeling good. But six teams in in means four teams are out. Four teams looking toward the future. Four teams looking to compete still for that number one overall pick. And we are going to analyze these four teams a little bit and see what could have happened, what could they have done differently, and the outlooks on their team going forward. Tim, are you ready to put your Dynasty Rebuild glasses on? Yes, sir. Let's get into it. Let's ride. Broncos country. Let's run. Clayton, Don, Stephen, Zachary, take a seat. Go ahead. The chairs are nice. You want a drink of water? No? No, Stephen, we don't have any monsters. I'm sorry. We don't have any of those. Just uh, take a seat. Tim's here. I'm here. And we're just here to talk to you guys, all right? We're here yeah. to ask you one simple question about your team. We're going to tell you a little bit about how you guys have been performing. Maybe look at some future assets that you guys have moving forward. And we're just going to, we're just going to explore opportunities. We'll say that. And we're just going to start with Clayton. If you, could, if you could scoot a little closer. A little closer. Yeah, there you go. There you go. We're just going to start with you, pal. And first we're going to say that Clayton and the Red Rocket, everybody's favorite loser, I would say, is 8-33 and 33. the past three Seasons, And I would say, Tim, I don't know about you, maybe a rebuild takes two or three years. So, you know, you would think with a record of 8-33 and 33, the past three seasons, hey, we are, we are bound and ready to go, right? Yeah. Ready for takeoff next year, got all our young guys. Well, uh, we will first look at Clayton's draft capital. He does have Hayden's 2024 first. He has Anthony's 2024 first. He has well, Anthony's well, 24 second. Stretches 24 third. Hayden's 24 third and his own 2024 third and he has two 2025 firsts so we will look a little further than that but uh Tim what's uh what is the similarity you just mentioned it earlier of all of those draft picks that he has playoff teams they are except all for his own 24 third all playoff teams yeah don't ask how we got there because I don't know and I think the question for Clayton, right? You're eight and thirty-three the past three seasons. You got decent draft capital going forward, but you're probably not going to get your chance at any elite places. Tim, if you're Clayton, the question is: How does Clayton reverse the tide? What do you think is the most obvious thing Clayton has to do to get back on the horse here? If you're asking me, you know, there's two of us here, so you are. You don't really have a choice. Clayton's too uh, here. He's he's close. He's close. Yes, he's Clayton. Yes. Hey, pal. If if I'm answering this question, you take some of that draft capital and you go get a proven stud. Really? You can't tell me his team wouldn't look better if if he had done a you know couple of future firsts for an AJ Brown. You know, go go get you a 25, 26 year old bona fide stud to anchor your lineup to. Because, like you said, I mean, Hayden and Anthony's 24 first, you know, 106, 107, 10, mm-hmm. you know, at best 105. I mean, that's that's that second tier rookie. See if anybody wants, you know, see if somebody else has an eye on a rebuild. You know, maybe Aaron's at the end of his his ride and you can go get. You know, an almond raw or something. Almond like raw, exactly, yeah. exactly. Go see if you can overpay to get a stud to anchor your lineup. Like get somebody locked in. That's my answer to that question. I'd like to see him instead of trade away all the guys. I'd like to see him find his guy. You know, you keep Nico Collins, you keep Trey McBride, but go get you like a a dude, a dog. Yeah, honestly, and I think that's actually counterintuitive to a lot of what you hear, but I actually kind of agree with you, even from a simple a simple aspect of like. A, a fun angle, <laughs> you yeah. know, like somebody I, who put up 50 points in a week. Right. And that's honestly, you know, you've seen it with your teams, with Anthony's teams, you know, with the Christian McCaffrey's of the world. That is really how you have those pop games. Like, right. you know, I think maybe Hayden and me to a certain extent are running into it 
where we have a lot of really consistent guys that put up good numbers, but like, yeah, you need to get those one sixties, those one seventies every once in a right, while. Exactly. And yeah, one thirties and one forties are nice, but yeah. And even with your amount of ca- draft capital and you just get a lot of good pieces, I think you'd maybe do need to take some of those assets to move up and get one of those prime guys from a fun right. angle, but yeah. also just to start building around. Right. I will say one yeah. for Clayton though, if I had to choose whether to have no running backs, good wide receivers, the other way around, I would prefer how Clayton's going about it because Devin yeah. Singletary, Tyler Algier, I mean, Damian Pierce, everybody loved coming into this year. He was a big disappointment, so I don't think anybody's going to shun him for maybe holding on to that as a future dynasty piece. And he could right. still be there. He's only 23 years old. Um, but he's looked a little replaceable this year, if I may yeah, say so myself. Yeah, not what you hope. Yeah, so I mean, Nico Collins, Drake London, and uh, Trey McBride, and he also has Joe Burrow. We can't uh, overlook that right. as well. Yeah, he's got his quarterback. Seems like you're building blocks, um, but I think to your point, maybe go get a stud or just stop trading away those picks, man. Right. I mean, it, it's good at this point of the season or at this point of a rebuild, I think you have to take into account even more the quality of the first-round picks that you're going to yeah, get. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yep. So yeah, Clayton, just there you have it. go go crazy. Go get somebody cool to put into that I'm lineup. Shopping. Have somebody strike fear into the other team. You know what I'm saying? Right. I like that. All right, Clayton. Thanks for joining us. You can go back now. Great job. Great job. Here's tissues. Tissues are on the table if you need them. All right. Let's move on to uh <clears throat> Don. Yeah. Yep, Don, come over here. Pull up a chair. Yep. Hey buddy. How's it going, man? How's it going? I know. I know. Don the past three seasons, 16 and 26, so not bad. And you know what, Don? I feel bad for you because coming into this year, I said that you were the most knock-on-wood, solid mm-hmm. team out there. You're not going to bust. You got guys like Tony Pollard, Chris Olave, Terry McLaurin, Brandon Ayuk, Hollywood Brown, Miles Sanders we all loved coming into this year. JSN was your spicy rookie pick. And that has turned into a 4-9 and nine record. Now I will say, Don, you have Tim's 24 first. You have your own 24 first. So definitely a cause to compete there for Don. And he has mm-hmm. his own 24 second, his own 24 third, and his own 25 first as well. I think the question for Don here is, and Tim, you're the one that said it, right? What are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing, right? Because those guys I yeah. just mentioned... Tony Pollard entering his fifth year into the year like into the league next year is turning 27. Terry McLaurin turning 29 next year, which is shocking considering what we think of when we think of Terry McLaurin. Yeah. Even Brandon Ayuk entering year four, but you do still have some young studs too, like the Chris Olaves, the Jackson Smith and Jigbas. So he's got this weird mix of old and young. Tim, if you were Don, what are you doing? Are you trying to maybe pull a Clayton and go get a couple pieces that can make you pop? Or are you like, I think maybe the, the, the winds are telling me something. Yeah. It's it, he, he, he's so close to being the same answer as Clayton. But if you, if you're asking me my honest opinion, I think he's got to go the route of Clayton the past couple of years and sell off a couple more of these guys. Like, thank God he picked up Brock Purdy in mm-hmm. September because otherwise yeah. you're sitting with Bryce Young and Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. So God. like Purdy, Purdy's a guy. <clears throat> Olave's a guy. Um, and Jackson Smith and Jigba's a guy to be. Outside of that, you gotta sell some of these guys. Like all season long. No act like did he I don't think he had any trades. I don't think he had a single trade. Come come trade deadline, he should have been shipping out Tony Pollard. Absolutely he right. He should have been shipping out. Terry McLaurin, he should have been shipping out Miles Sanders for anything. You yeah. know, ship out Jahan Dotson, who's had a down year. Like, he, I think he's a year behind looking at the grand scheme of things. I don't think he's quite there where I'm where I'm being like, trade all your dudes to go get a, a dude. I think you've got two or three, maybe four nice pieces to hold. But the rest, I'm looking to flip for more draft capital. And then from there, play the draft capital game. But I don't think we're at the point of Clayton's team where it's like ready to go get a, a, a cornerstone. Absolutely. And in Don's defense, he started the year two and two. So I understand, hey, you know, let's try to keep piecing it together, make the playoffs, see what happens. He then lost his next six straight. Yeah. 
when you're two and four, two and five, I think that should have been your time to let's sell before people realize Tony Pollard's actually really, really bad. He's been turning it yeah. on a little bit. Before Chris Olave kind of continues to have a disappointing season. Before right. Hollywood Brown really just craters. Exactly. Terry McLaurin craters. Like he could have gotten like even from those four names, at least two firsts, I think. Between those and, four. And that's that's what's tough in hindsight is I don't think you're getting first for these guys anymore like you could oh, have anymore in yeah. week two yeah. or week six yeah but but now i don't think that's the game i think the name of the game is just capital accumulation mm-hmm. and then try to play the game of moving up in the draft yeah or even for me like a terry mclaurin in week four i could have seen me giving maybe like a second and jamison williams or something like that. right you a know? young a upside player exactly yeah young upside i think is what's needed for dawn here so you're kind of on team rebuild here yeah, I think so. I would have to agree with you because I still don't think he has a stud. I think Tony Pollard was the closest thing he had, and unfortunately that didn't really pan out to what you wanted. So, Don, thanks for chatting. You can you can go on back. We got we just got a couple more. Steven, my boy. Steven, get you. up here. Pull up a chair, man. Pull up a chair. Steven, I didn't even track your previous three seasons record because you've been in it, man. You've been hanging out. You've been competing. You've been having some – Fun, fun times heading in here. And I will say, your stash for next draft, looking real nice. Aaron's 24 first. Clayton's 24 first. Ooh. His own 2024 first. If he gets That's a... two fourths. That's half. If he, if he gets a, you know, a Stephen Clayton final here, oh, he One, is... Two. He's loving it, man. Yeah. And you combine that with, you know, you combine the first and second overall pick... With a T Higgins, with a DK Metcalf, you know, Mike Williams eventually coming back. You can think about that as what you want. But, yeah, you got to love that if you are Steven. So I think the question for here for you, Tim, is, is Steven the best non-playoff team going forward? And I think you could also maybe phrase that as, is Steven really in rebuild mode here or is he more in reload mode? It's an easy answer for me, and it's reload mm-hmm. mode. I mean, just barely misses out on the playoffs when you're starting to just poopy running backs all season long. You, you get you're going to have two out of the first four picks this year. Look at the roster and add Marvin Harrison Jr., where you push DK Metcalf down to a flex position. You know your running backs are are terrible, so maybe you maybe you get to add a Braylon Allen or a Trade you know, There's not a stud running back, but if you get one with a good landing spot mm-hmm. and you're able to take them early, oh, it's over. And then you know, or or maybe pivot and do a Brock Bowers or something like that. Yeah, because I think you could you I mean, could potentially package an Ingram and Kittle and go get a running back or something. Yeah, like you're that, getting you know? two guys that are going to be instant impact players. So I, I think Steven's definitely a team to watch out for next year. Yeah, I agree. I mean, nothing much more to add there. You know, I love saying Latavius Murray and the gang every single time we get to a, a Mount <laughs> Passmore gang because that is your very obvious hole. And with three first-round picks, I mean, even if you consider probably the first three or four picks of the draft, if it goes by chalk, will probably be Brock Bowers and receivers. Like, even if Aaron's pick is a seven or eight, you probably still have a pretty good chance of getting a cream of the crop running back there. Um, yep. the way the draft will likely fall heading into the off season. And in uh tight end depth though, we love that. Dalton Schultz, George Kittle, um Evan Ingram, all looking really good. He's also got, you know, the Christian Kirks of the world. He's got the um like I said, Mike Williams, Rashad Bateman's kind of been disappointing. So he certainly needs right. depth. You know, it's this isn't a, you know, one person in your end. Like, the depth is pretty yeah. atrocious, I think, for yeah, Steven. He's going to add some fun players, though. Right. But, hey, that's what the offseason's for. Pick up a bunch of dudes the day before the waiver wire closes. You know, pick up a bunch of guys that you could see having great training camps next year or something like that, and hopefully one or two of them hits. I think it's pretty easy for Steven. Yeah. Moving forward, yeah. let's get on to our last guy. Zach, get up here. Get your good looking. Come here. Come here. Hey, buddy. That chair comfy? Yeah, I'm glad. Zach, um, I just want to let you know that your last three seasons, you are 12 and 29, my friend. And that was uh, three seasons ago was his playoff miracle run where he beat some team in the last week to get into the playoffs, right? Yeah. Some, some team that he, be me. that he beat, right, right. 
Um, Zach, you're two and eleven this year. You don't love that, but things are certainly looking up. You own your own twenty four first. So get in that losers bracket and compete, baby. Go in there. You also earn or you also have stretches twenty four first, stretches twenty four second, Aaron's twenty four third, and your own twenty twenty four third. So um that's a yeah, there you go. So a good amount of picks going in. You will probably replace the likes of, you know, Brandon Powell and Kylan Granson and Josh Reynolds on your roster. Certainly have some deadwood there. But I think the question here for Zach is how close are we to competing? I remember Aaron last week really hyped up Zach heading into the losers bracket, thinking he is the team to beat heading into that losers bracket. Brees Hall, Javante Williams, Deontay Johnson are names you like to see in a starting roster going forward. So we know that Steven is probably the best set for the future of um, non-playoff teams. But as for Zach and just competing, how close do we think we are here with Zach? Man, not very. You don't think so? Not very, in my opinion. Okay, all right. I, I'm landing somewhere in between the you know the, the Clayton and Don line. Okay, where I, I'm not. I'm just not sure what to say. I mean. Just look, look at his, look at his bench. Yeah, there's not a single player on his bench that would make my team. I mean, I yeah, you're right. Brian Robinson, I guess, but like he's just out because he's on a buy. Right. There's not a single bench player on the team that would make my roster. I mean, even I the love do what? I said even the IR spots. I mean, you're looking at Ronnie Rivers and Josh. <laughs> yeah, Palmer, right. Ronnie so. Rivers was in a trade. He traded for Ronnie Rivers. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, It'd be nice if he could have gotten a couple of firsts for Mark Andrews or something like that. Oh, I should have I should have teed you up. I should have teed you up. Yeah, you know, so in in peeling back the curtain a little bit, all those picks I sent for Sam Laporta, I offered for Brees Hall. Wow. I mean, I just feel like I mean, this is a guy that picks Traylon Burks 101 in the rookie draft two years ago. Like just Make I, I don't know the decisions are just they haven't lined up the stars haven't aligned yet. I feel like Zach like makes a lot of really good little moves like yeah 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 and then he just has one or two moves where it's like it comes crashing down. The, the misses are huge, right? Like I'd say the Mark Andrews trade. I'm sorry, Deontay Johnson's not who we thought yeah. he was. David Njoku is not who we thought he was. Um, and, and all that just you know you do like a couple pieces you love cj stroud long term you still love Brees hall and you love rashi rice as That's the as, as the colts owner josh downs has potential but when it comes to love i would i would agree with you you got three that's, that's three three and a half players we have what 25 roster spots and there's three three and a half that i love yeah that's that's why i say we're not very close yeah. Perks, obviously, he's got a high draft pick um, and a second first rounder. If you hit on two first rounders, your team turns around really fast. That's the upside. So, like, that's that's why I'm not like full blown panic, but I'm not I'm not there yet on him. Like, yeah, he's, I don't know. You guys sold me on him for a couple weeks, but I'm I'm back down. I'm back down right. on the stock market. Yeah, Zach's roster construction is kind of the opposite of Clayton's, where Clayton has the really the, the good like solid receivers going forward, the yeah. Nico Collins and Drake London, but he has no running backs. Same get, with same with Steven, right? He has no yeah. running backs, good receivers. One thing I think is good about Zach is he has the running backs. I would still consider Javante Williams pretty good going forward. I still like his talent. He's only twenty three. Workhorse there for now, but um, yeah, when you have a, re- a a draft class coming up with the receivers as strong as they are, I think Zach has a pretty good lane of trying to improve what I think is kind of yeah. a hole in his roster. He, he's got to go receiver, receiver with those yeah. two first round picks. I don't care who's on the board. It's got to be receiver, receiver. Yep. I still think Zach is at least two years away from truly competing from, 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 from what you said. Yeah. sounds like you think it's maybe more. <laughs> I mean, a lot can happen in two years. Like I said, yeah. two first-round picks this year, two first-round picks next year. So, I mean, like, I, I can see the path to it happening, 
he's going to have to hit on some draft picks he will. and make some savvy moves. Like, I don't think it's going to be, he can't just sit on his laurels. I think it's going to have to be, he's going to have to be one of the more active players, more active teams next year. I agree. Hey, Zach, Steven, Clayton, Don, give your, give yourselves a hand. Give yourselves a hand. You guys all handled that phenomenally. No tears, no yelling. It was awesome. Hope you take what we said to heart, you know, and go make those teams criticism. better. That's all it is. Go make those teams better, baby. Come back with a vengeance. Come back because some of the playoff teams are getting kind of old, if you haven't Ooh. noticed. Looking Ooh. at you, Aaron. Looking at you, Anthony. Getting a little <laughs> up there. But uh, there you go. There was your one question with the non-playoff teams. Before we get into the quickest week 14 preview you will ever see, how about we go make some money real quick? The This League Guarantee. We missed last week. I'll be honest. We missed no Zach Moss touchdown, no Jalen Warren 52 and a half yards, but we did have a Tyreek Hill touchdown. Hey, Shout we out had a couple of those. We had a couple of those. So, you know, it was a, I, yeah, I hit, I hit one, one out of three happens. Yep, absolutely. So we have a quick, 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 this league guarantee for you this week, just us two. And I really like them. Tim, I'll start with you. Who are you banging on the gavel for this week? Chiefs at home. Against the Buffalo Bills, minus one and a half. The Bills suck. Their playoff hopes are dead. Um, and the Chiefs are going to be looking for a bounce back game. This is Arrowhead in Arrowhead? Arrowhead. Man, I can see this game being like explosive and Gabe Davis having three touchdowns and then never doing anything again. <laughs> I can right. see that. Could happen. Chiefs minus one and a half. That's basically a pick em game. Bold, bold take there from Tim, but you seem pretty confident, my friend. Let's move on to the next one. It is mine, and mine's just a good time. Let's just go out there. Even if it doesn't hit, I feel like we're going to have a good time. It's the Lions in Chicago taking on the Bears. We are hitting that over 43 and a half. Pretty simple reasoning. Just two weeks ago, these two scored 57 total points combined in Detroit. But, Chris, it's outside in Detroit, or it's outside in Chicago. Um, being outside doesn't give you a 14-point swing unless there's a freaking monsoon, man. Right. Justin Fields loves playing the Lions, and the Lions love playing Chicago. There's always points scored in this matchup. It'll be fun. Over 43.5. Book it. That parlay is plus 270, which means 10 bucks wins you about $37. We like that one, and I would say this is definitely a fun parlay. You get a fun, high-scoring game in Lions-Bears, and you get the game of the week in Chiefs and Bills. Mm -hmm. Even if it doesn't hit, we guarantee some fun. Let's move on to the quickest quickest week 14 review you'll ever see. Broncos country, let's ride. We welcome back the Ravens, the Bills, the Bears, the Raiders, the Vikings, the Giants, also known as we welcome back Team Fairlife. Hooray! And we say goodbye to the Arizona Cardinals and the Washington Commanders. The final weeks of buys before the playoffs ramp up. Of course, the playoffs being next week. All of the playoff spots are clinched, so we won't spend a ton of time here on the Week 14 preview. Really, all that's left at stake is maybe that number one seed um, and really the number six seed. All of those are fluid, which means the buys, I will say, are only between Stretch, Aaron, and Anthony. Aaron will have to lose, and Anthony has to win by a good margin for anything to change there. Let's get into these very quickly. We have Clayton and the Red Rocket coming in at 1 and 12, taking on Anthony and the 9 and 4 team uninspired youth. Anthony needs a dub and I think this is the uh matchup certainly to do yeah. it. Um right the ships. Yep. Clayton having Trey McBeast on by one of the two studs that we just mentioned, so Anthony loves to see that and Anthony having Curtis Samuel on by so he gets a full strength McCaffrey, Rashad White, Justin Jefferson returns to the lineup this week on track, full practice as of Wednesday. How will he look with Josh Dobbs? That will be a very big factor heading into the playoffs. Anthony hopes that he comes back with a vengeance. Not really much more to say. I will be taking the team with Christian McCaffrey and Justin Jefferson 
over the team with Tyler Algier and Jaden Reed. I'm going Anthony. Absolutely. Anthony wins this one easily. I will give a quick shout out and eyeball emoji. Ooh. Uh, haven't done one of these in a couple weeks. Jaden Reed. Yeah. He's Christian making Watson's me eat out some for dirt. a couple weeks with the hammy. I think we all talk mad smack about Jaden Reed at me, some point. Yeah. And I mean, he's he's averaging 11.4 points per game, wide receiver 36 on the year. And he gets Giants, Bucks, and Panthers the next three weeks. I got eyeballs on him. That might be a staple. I don't know. I mean, it's not hard to become a staple in Clayton's lineup. Granted, but Jaden Reed still looking really, really hot on a team that needs some young excitement. Let's move on to the next matchup. It is Steven and Mount Passmore at 5-8, and eight, taking on a fellow non-playoff participant, Don and Ajigbas in Paris, coming into this one at 4-9. and nine. And this is one, no seeding implications, no playoff implications. These guys will not play each other again next week, no matter how the board falls. So we, we're just here for fun. This is for the vibes, right? <laughs> play Steve, the young guns. <laughs> yeah, Steven's out here with a 66% chance of victory. The uh, projection is... Uh, of course, Don's got uh, three guys on by right now in the lineup, and Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin, and Marquise Hollywood Brown, uh, and then Jahan Dotson on by on the bench. So we got Steven at full strength, as full strength as he can be uh, against Don with quite a few holes, and maybe you got OBJ off his injury back. Maybe you get – I'm blanking. Brandon Cooks has probably got to find a way into the lineup. He's yeah, been he's hot been right. the last couple weeks. Um, but just n- not a lot of guys and the guys that are there are on by Tony Pollard's got a tough matchup against the Eagles um, and Higby against Baltimore is not great. So I- I'm picking Steven easily. Yep. The double tight end, triple double stacker for Steven's been working pretty well as of yep. late. Evan Ingram, George Kittle now both in his lineup and both I think will lead him to victory over the likes of Tyler Higby on the other side in the tight end (laughs) slot. I picking Steven here as well. Let's move on to the next matchup. It is Zach and Brees lightning at two and 11 taken on stretch at 11 and two, two guides from opposite sides of the playoff of the standing spectrum, but don't tell sleeper that because as it currently stands, Zach with a 54% chance of victory and a lot of that probably has to do with uh, uh, Stretch currently having um, Taysom Hill in his quarterback spot. Hey, what happened? Not, eh, uh-huh. I don't know what's happening there. I would assume that doesn't stand. He does have Kyler Murray on by, but he has Matt Stafford against Baltimore. Tough matchup. He also has Josh Dobbs, who was announced as still the starter for the Vikings as of today. So I don't know if Stretch is trolling <laughs> or could be. if he's legitimately going to start Taysom Hill in the tight end spot or in the quarterback spot. He does have ta- Dallas Goddard in his tight end spot. Um, yeah, first time since the big trade. Right. But even either way, I mean, I still think I take Stretch here, assuming Taysom Hill does eventually come out. Because, um, I mean, David Montgomery, Mike Evans, I have changed my perspective on him where he is now, like, feared in my eyes. I see Mike Evans on the other side. I'm like, damn. (laughs) Well, remember what he did in the championship last week, I mean, or last year. Yeah. He went off for, like, like, what, 50 points or something like that? He's a guy that can do it. And he was being booty cheeks the whole year. He's actually been dominating this year. Yep. See, he scares me. Um, You also get Ken Walker coming back, which, questionable tag. He sat out of practice Wednesday. I think for a stretch, you are hoping that Ken Walker sits out so you can turn around and start Zach Charbonnet, who oh did he practice today? He see? did not practice either. I was gonna say oh my my, this this one the the note here for me is we might see Keaton Mitchell in the starting lineup. There's there's a shot that Charbonnet and Walker miss this week. And then you look at Zach. I mean, if Brees Hall plays, which you probably will, I would imagine he didn't practice on Wednesday, um, but he plays Houston Javante against the Chargers. Alexander Madison against the Raiders. Like, you could certainly see a path for Zach yes, here. Yes, sir. Saying all of that, okay, how's the reverse juju work? If I say that stretch will probably still pull it off, is should I say the opposite and say that Zach, stretch is totally going to lose so that way he will win? How does that work? You know what I'm saying? 
I'm trying to reverse the juju. Right. So I I don't know. We're going to have to do some like witch brewer magic or something because it's strong. I think Stretch is going to dominate this matchup. I'm taking Zach. (laughs) I'm taking Zach as well. I I think this is going to be a week where Stretch gets to like rub salt in the wound to everybody else and he's going to walk away still being the number one seed, but he's going to put up like 80 points. Probably. And then next week he'll put up 160. It's it's what he it's just what he does. I know. Let's move on to the next matchup. And it's a juicy one, ladies and gentlemen. I think these last two certainly will be trendsetters, tone setters heading into the playoffs. We will start with Aaron and let Russ Microwave come into this one at ten and three. More like let Eckler Microwave, am I right? And uh Hayden and, and to Infinity and Bijan coming into this one eight and five, coming in hot. We got it's gonna be a good one. We've got 57% chance victory for Aaron, according to Sleeper. Uh, 138-123 projection. And we got two teams that are full strength. Mm, come Playoff on. Playoff-bound teams. Like, these guys could meet again in a couple of weeks. I'm just saying Hayden can get a statement victory. Oh, man. He can get his ninth win on the season and be like, I am that dude. Yeah, dude. Uh, Aaron, obviously, like you said, trying to stay alive for the number uh, one seed overall and to lock in that bye. Got juicy matchups on his side. Dak versus the Eagles. Saquon coming off a of bye week. Tyreek Hill is Tyreek Hill. Devontae Adams back off a of bye week. On the other side, uh, Hayden's got some good matchups. Jameer Gibbs against Chicago. Debo's back fully against the Seahawks. Um, and then you've got plus matchups for Ferguson and Waddle. This one's tough. This one is tough. I think the number one storyline here, Austin Eckler on the bench for Ooh. Aaron. He is starting Raheem Mostert, Saquon Barkley, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, all over Mr. Eckler, which I don't, I don't blame him. I don't blame him at all. I, I wouldn't be shocked if this, this is the playoff lineup. Yeah, which, oh, man. How the how the turntables, man. Oof. That is crazy. Um, this is a close one. I'm actually gonna roll with Aaron here, though. Um, with his with his matchups, I think he has a lot higher upside guys than Hayden does. Like if Tyreek puts up 30, I look at Hayden's team and I'm like, Debo could do it, but nowhere near the frequency or the likelihood that Tyreek does it. You know, Amnara is gonna get his as always. Yep. So I'm going to lean Aaron here. I'm going to lean on the experience, on the record. I think he gets this one. I agree. It's the game Aaron wins. I'll take him. All right. We like that one. And the last little matchup we got here, it's Chris Mitchum against the scum of the earth. Against uh, somebody who shouldn't even be here. Somebody who started one and six. What's he doing (laughs) doing at seven and six? Of course, it is your boy. And Team Fairlife coming into this one at eight and five. Taking on Mr. Tim over there, close let's, but no and Jamar ooh, at seven and six. And uh, if you thought the last matchup was good, this one has the highest projected point total on the week, ladies and gentlemen. And your boy coming in with a 49% chance, almost a, oh, I missed the button, almost a 50, 50. matchup going forward. Tim, this one is for the people. This is what the, the people want to see. 49% chance sounds like you, you got no shot. I know. I know. <laughs> um, and we were talking about this before the pod, but I think a storyline going in here is will Tim's receivers overpower my receivers or will my running backs overpower Tim's running backs? I think that is what the scenario is going in here. We're both starting three receivers, which are CeeDee Lamb, Jamar Chase, A.J. Brown for Tim, Cooper Cup, Michael Pittman, and DJ Moore for your boy. Obviously, Tim has the advantage there. But can Tim hold up against what most people, I think, would think is a running back advantage on my end? You got Kyron Williams, Alvin Kamara, and Devon A. Chan taking on Jalen Warren, Zach Moss, and Isaiah Pacheco. Obviously, advantage there for me. Laporta and Hawkinson, for me, cancel each other out. Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts, for me, cancel each other out. Jalen Hurts is going up against Dallas, but we've seen when Dallas plays those elite teams, points can be scored. So this one really is a freaking 50-50 shot, man. Fun game. I'm picking me. I gotta I gotta maintain the 
maintain the you know uh-uh. the good juju, the good vibes. I can't turn my turn my back on my boys now. Nah, it ain't gonna happen. I'm I'm taking me in this one. I'm, I'm gonna ride CD Lamb to the sunset. God. He's gonna put up 45 against Philly. He's so Sam Reporter's gonna out. He's gonna double up Hawkinson. I mean, my guys are gonna go off. We're, we're gonna put up 155 this week. You think so? Yeah. I I see. It's funny because I can see my team putting up 156 this week. I was gonna say like 154. Okay. So. All right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be close. It's gonna be a fun one to watch. Honestly, we let have us... Thursday games, Sunday games, yeah. Sunday night games, and Monday night games. Woo, baby! This one's probably coming down to the wire, ladies and gentlemen. Let us know what you think of this matchup in particular, because I, for one, am very excited to see the results of this one. And that is your week fourteen preview, ladies and gentlemen. The last preview of the year before stuff really starts to freaking matter before things really get taken up a notch, folks. And uh, let's go ahead and get out of here on this episode. One last time, www.thisleaguepod.com is where you can go to get all the latest stuff that you need to know to follow along before the playoffs start. And as always, comment, subscribe, rate, whatever your form of thing is to support this podcast because we really appreciate it. Tim, I hope you suck this week. Hey, I hope you suck this week. I hope you suck more. Man, we got a great matchup. We got the Bengals Colts this week. We, we do. We're, everybody enjoy this week. I know. You know who doesn't suck? Our wonderful listeners. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. I'm out. Merry Chrysler. Happy Christmas. Merry Christmas.